Well, friends, we're in week two of this sermon series called Peter, the Unlikely Disciple. And throughout this series, we're taking an in-depth dive into the life, into the faith, into the character of the man known as Simon Peter. Now, before Peter met Jesus, he was just an ordinary fisherman. But last week, we learned that when Jesus called him to become a disciple, Peter dropped his fishing nets right there on the shore of the beach, and he followed Jesus. Now, Peter had his ups and downs. He had his highs and lows, his successes, his failures, just like the rest of us. And I think that's why he's so identifiable for us, because he's human like us. So today, we're looking at a well-known passage from Matthew chapter 14. It comes toward the end of the chapter. But I first want to set the stage just a little bit by sharing a little bit from the whole chapter. When you read all of chapter 14, you can see that this has been a challenging and a miraculous day for Jesus and the 12 disciples. It starts off, Jesus gets some absolutely devastating news. His cousin, John the Baptizer, has been beheaded in prison by King Herod. Now, it was just a stupid party favor by Requested by Herodias, King Herod's brother's wife. It's a disgusting atrocity. An innocent man murdered by King Herod. And all because John dared to speak truth to the king. Dared to call him to repentance for the evil that he was doing. And so the Bible tells us that when Jesus received this news, he immediately got in a boat on the Sea of Galilee, and he started heading for a remote place where he could be alone in his grief and his pain. Because remember, the Son of God, Jesus, was just as human as you and I are, experiencing every emotion that you and I feel, even though he was also fully divine. Unfortunately for Jesus, his plan didn't work out so well because the crowds heard where he was going. And when the boat came on the shore, the crowd was already there waiting for him. They had gotten there first. There's a huge crowd waiting for him. And Jesus looked at them. And the Bible says he had compassion on the people there. And he spent the day healing the sick and helping those with any need. And soon the day was coming to a close and dinner time was coming and they were in such a remote place that there was not enough food for everyone to eat. All they had was one little boy's lunch that he offered to Jesus. And Jesus took it and he blessed it and he fed a crowd of 5,000 men plus women and children. A miracle happens. And the crowds are sent home, healed, bellies full, but Jesus is still hurting. He's still grieving. Picking up in verse 22. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills to pray and night fell while he was there alone. Even the Son of God 
Even Jesus needed time to be alone with his father. And so he sends the crowds home. He sends the disciples back into the boat, across back to the other side of the lake, probably to go back home to Capernaum. And then Jesus stole away up into the nearby hills to be alone to pray. Now remember, several of these disciples that Jesus had called were professional fishermen. They knew the Sea of Galilee like they knew the back of their hand. It's not a very big sea. It's only about 8 miles across and 12 miles long. It's surrounded by hills. If you climb those hills, you can see the shoreline around the entire sea or lake. But this sea, this sea is also known for potential great danger. The disciples knew that. Because even today, even to this day, it's quite common for for storms to come up suddenly on the Sea of Galilee. Especially when cool air comes over the eastern mountains and meets the warm air of the sea itself. And it mixes together. And this phenomenon can create surprisingly violent storms that that come out of seemingly nowhere. In fact, in 1992, there were 10-foot waves on the Sea of Galilee. That's a picture of a 10-foot wave on the ocean, because let's face it, most of us Midwesterners don't see waves like that very often, do we? And the disciples are out there in this ancient little boat. They're not out there on some billionaire's yacht, not some big thing where they'd be protected like a ship. You know, $400 million buys you a little bit of comfort and luxury and safety, doesn't it? But that's not the kind of boat the disciples are on. And we know what kind of boat the disciples were on. Because in 1986, after there had been a long drought in the area of the Sea of Galilee there were a couple of fishermen that were walking along a stretch of shoreline that hadn't been exposed for a long, long time. And they discovered there an entire first century boat. That's what it looks like. It's dated, this boat, to the time of Jesus. It was 27 feet long, less than 8 feet wide, with a mast for a sail and four oars for rowing. And so imagine being with 11 of your closest friends out on the lake. It could be nice, couldn't it? But not this night. Not this night. A storm whipped up, picking back up in verse 24. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. For a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About 3 o'clock in the morning. Now, the original language is not, it tells us actually that they were about at least a mile from the shore. And it's at least 3 a.m., sometime between 3 and 6 a.m. And for several hours, the disciples have been rowing against these 10 foot waves, trying to get across the sea to the other side. But even their best efforts were futile. There's a great series on television called The Chosen. Maybe some of you have seen it. And if you haven't, I highly recommend it. Check out the way they depict this storm. Simon, 
Peter we're studying. He's been through this kind of a storm before and he knows that the only way through the storm is to be strong and to not give up. And so he grits his teeth and he keeps on rowing despite the incredible odds against him. Now that's not a bad thing. Peter is a leader. We expect leadership from leaders. He's terrified for sure but he's not frozen by his fear. Maybe some of you have been there before. Maybe some of you have had near-death experiences, and you know how terrifying it can be. And unfortunately for the disciples, it's going to get worse before it gets any better. Because you see, there was this popular belief in the ancient world that evil spirits lived in the depths of the sea, and that sometimes they would come up and wreak havoc on people. And so the disciples are out there in the middle of the night on the boat. Their spiritual leader is back on dry ground. They may die. They may never see Jesus again. They're being attacked by this violent storm, maybe even evil spirits, and their lives are in danger. Couldn't Jesus have seen this coming? Didn't he know this would happen? Why would he send his friends, his disciples, out into this terrible mess? Have you ever felt that before? In the middle of a raging storm in your life, and God seems so distant. Maybe it happened to you when someone you loved died. Or you received a diagnosis that you never wanted to hear. On the other end of the phone. Maybe it was when you suffered a miscarriage. Or the divorce papers were served. Or a close friend stabbed you in the back. Someone you thought you could trust. Maybe it was a falling out that you had at work. Or depression or anxiety that overwhelmed you. We know what storms are like. And sometimes they just don't make any sense to us. And sometimes we feel distant from God in these moments. Where are you, God? I'm desperate. I need you. Don't you hear me when I pray? How can you just leave me out here in this tiny boat with these terrifying waves? I'm scared. Well, that fear is Matthew's focus. Sometimes things aren't exactly as they seem. Verse 25. Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In fact, in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. 
Now, we might think that sounds silly, but remember, they had heard that there were evil spirits that lived under the water. And they were probably convinced that those spirits were attacking them. And so when they see Jesus in the distance, their first thought is not, thank God, here comes Jesus. (laughs) No, it looked a little more like this. The disciples, as you can tell, are exhausted. They're cold and they're wet. Matthew's story focuses on one element, their fear. They were afraid for their lives. But the idea of someone walking on the water among the waves and the darkness had to be absolutely terrifying for them. But just then, just then, Jesus did what Jesus always does. He spoke peace. He spoke peace in the midst of their fear. You know it's been a miraculous day when someone walking on the water is the second most miraculous thing that you've seen all day after food being multiplied. Picking back up in verse 27, but Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid, he said, take courage, I am here. Now our English versions of the Bible don't capture that last sentence very well. It literally says, I, I am here. It's emphatic. And the disciples maybe are thinking back to some lessons that they've heard at the temple before. A story about Moses in the Old Testament when Moses was scared of having to go and stand in front of Pharaoh in Egypt and God told him to say, I am has sent me to you. You see, God is the great I am, the one who always was and always is and always will be. Don't fear. God is with you. So the disciples are now both afraid and amazed. But if you look at Peter's face, you see that he is about to do something that is either idiotic or incredible. You be the judge. 
Verse 28, then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it really is you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. If it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Simon, no! Are you out of your mind? been there. I've been there. We've all been there. Verse 30. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. It's not that we don't believe that Jesus isn't trustworthy. But there are serious problems and threats all around us. There's danger. And we get terrified. There are moments when we forget who Jesus is and all that Jesus has done. And we think about all those terrifying things in our lives and we take our eyes off Jesus and we suddenly find ourselves underwater. Maybe it's depression. Maybe we get immobilized with our fear. Maybe it's unforgiveness that we just can't seem to get past. Maybe it's our go-to addiction or our sin. We put our eyes on that thing, and we find ourselves underwater. Lord God, we come to you and ask your forgiveness for all the times, Lord, that we have taken our eyes off of you and and focused on the things which distract us, the 10-foot waves, the storms in our lives. Lord, keep us focused on you. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim 
in the light of his glory and grace. But my friends, the story is not done. Peter's faith may have faltered, but my friend, Jesus never falters. Jesus never fails. You just have to reach up because Jesus is already reaching out to you. I'm here. I'm always here. <laughs> that, my friends, is our Savior. When we are unfaithful, He is faithful. When we have our doubts, He delivers. When we sink, Jesus stretches. When we cry, he comforts. When we hurt, he hugs. I want to give you three quick lessons today that Peter teaches us in this passage. And the first lesson is to cast your cares. Cast your cares upon Jesus. Decades later, Peter would write a letter to the church. And I have to think that he was absolutely remembering this moment, this day, when he penned these words from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. You see, the man who had sunk so many times knew why we need humility. And the man who was out there hurting on the sea that day knew just exactly how much Jesus loved him and, and cared about every single thing that he cared about. The second lesson is this. Ask before you act. 
Now, it would be easy maybe to read a story like this and to think that every time we face a risky situation that Jesus absolutely wants us to just go all in, to just jump out there regardless of the risk. Like, have faith, just go for it. He's not doing that. I mean, hear me, I'm not adverse to risk, but ask Jesus before you act. I mean, just having bravado and faith doesn't mean that you're always following the Lord. Author John Orberg tells the story of a man who died and found himself going to heaven. He's outside the pearly gates, and St. Peter comes out the gates and asks him, did you ever do anything really big for the Lord? And the man said, well, come to think of it, I did one thing. Once I came upon a gang of big, tough biker dudes, and they were threatening this young woman. And I told them to leave her alone, but they ignored me. And so I walked right up to the biggest, the baddest biker, and I kicked over his bike, and I punched him in the nose, and I ripped out his nose ring and threw it on the ground. And I said, you leave her alone, or you'll have a problem with me. Now, Peter had heard a lot of good stories in his day, but this one was exceptional to him. And so he asked the man, when did this happen? And he answered, about three minutes ago. <laughs> you see, there's a big difference between faith and foolishness. Peter didn't immediately jump out of the boat. He asked Jesus first. We're going to see some other times in Peter's life when he was way more impulsive. But today, he models wisdom for us. We need to ask the Lord before we step out in faith. Water walking is Jesus' domain, not ours. And so bold action should be prefaced by prayer. We should read the word. We should talk to wise Christian mentors who can help us discern. Because like Jesus said, only a fool would start a building project without first determining if he has the money to complete it. So ask before you act. Don't rationalize stupidity with spiritual language. Because you see, the line between don't be afraid and don't be an idiot is sometimes razor thin. Ask before you act. But don't take that so far that you'll never do anything until you're 100% certain that you won't fail. Because that's not faith, is it? That's relying on our own strength, our, our own self. The third lesson is this. If you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. Now, people like growing. They like stretching. They like it because it's exciting. I mean, think about it. If you're around a newborn as he or she grows and develops and, and says their first words and, and step, takes their first steps, it's exciting. Conversely, there are a few sadder things than just stagnation when someone stops growing and developing. I love working with young married couples. They're always so infatuated with their, each other, aren't they? Lovey-dovey. There's just everything is so beautiful. They can hardly stand being apart from each other. Their love is new. Their love is growing. But you know what? If, if you don't keep that same kind of interest in each other, if you don't pour into your relationship, if you don't develop it, it, it doesn't take very long before all you really want to do is scroll through your social media and see what's, what's going on. 
You ignore your partner. We get bored. We, we stop living into the disciplines that help us succeed in life. We decide that it's simply easier to sit in the boat instead of risk walking on the water. We hear Jesus call to us, and we say, I'll do that tomorrow. And tomorrow never comes. We bury our talent in the ground because using it seems just too scary. Friend, what if God is calling you today to step out of the boat? What if he's calling you to a new level of obedience? What if he's calling you to, to give up something for him, to, to press in closer to him, to trust him more? There is more to life than just sitting in the boat. Are you willing to get out? To get out of that boat. And what is your boat? What's holding you back? Is it fear that you might fail if you try something? Is it not wanting to get up, give up the comfort of your lifestyle? Are there some friends that are holding you back? Are you too committed to your career or so committed to your career that you forget about the Lord? Is it an unhealthy relationship, someone else that keeps you from the Lord? Is it an addiction that you have, pornography, or an addiction to some other substance that you put in yourself? Is it other people's expectations? My friend, whatever that thing is, won't you lay it down at this altar today? Won't you give it to the Lord and trust that if you just leave that boat behind, that he's got a better life than you could ever even imagine just waiting for you? My friend, the time is now. Jesus is here. And he's inviting you to step out of that boat. So as the band comes forward, I want to invite us to a time of prayer. I'm going to invite you to come forward to the kneelers and kneel at the altar. You can also stand if you'd like. You can also stay in your seat if that's more comfortable for you. Pray to the Lord. Jesus, if that's really you and it is, then invite me to get out of this boat and leave that boat behind and to focus on you and you alone. For Jesus is saying, I don't care what this ocean is like. I'm bigger than any ocean. And I'm speaking peace into the storms of your life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks that there are no waves that you can't calm. That there is no storm in our life that's too big for you. Lord, we're asking you to help us step out of our boats today and to walk to you, to run to you, to keep our focus only on you and you alone, your beautiful, wonderful face so that everything else disappears. Lord, we want to take risks for you. We want to be your people.
Hold us, Jesus. For we know and we trust that you will never let us go.